You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 147. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Today's episode is sponsored by betabrand.com. Betabrand is like a Kickstarter for fashion, where you can submit design ideas, get crowdfunding, and see your designs come to life, all without having to deal with the hassle of manufacturing them yourself. At the end of the episode, I'll be speaking with Lisa Rossoff, the director of Think Tank at Betabrand, about the company. Now let's move on to today's favorites. This is a really fun addition and an interesting challenge for me as I am the ability to buy a lot of things given that I am living out of basically a backpack, duffel bag, and carry-on. But I have a lot of different items to share nonetheless, so let's get started. Today's first thing I wanna share came at the perfect time for me. So have you ever had a moment in your life where you are feeling some emotion, whatever that emotion might be, I'm not sure, but someone tells you about a song they think you're gonna like and it comes right at the right time and it just says everything that you were feeling and that you needed to think about. That totally happened to me in an email from my friend and Life With Intention online mastermind member, Cassandra. She sent me a link to this song called Hold On by the musician Rivers, R-I-V-V-R-S. And when I clicked play, it was like literally my brain was transformed into this song. What I was feeling and what I've been going through, especially at that point very early on in London, still on this trip, was huge. If you haven't heard of Rivers, check him out. It's a male musician who's named Rivers, like I mentioned, and his song is called Hold On. When you listen, it's basically like the Lively Show's whistling theme song applied to everything that I need to remember in my life as I don't have a house or furniture or any of that stuff. This hold on message is exactly what I needed to hear. I've since bought his record, Unfamiliar Skin, on Amazon as well, so I've been listening to it basically as the theme song for this trip and my life at the moment. Love his music. It's really fun and poppy. I think he's getting to become more and more well-known. I'm not sure how big he is in the States or anything. I'd never heard of him until she sent the link, but I am quite simply obsessed. And along the lines of musicians, I actually ran into a musician while standing at a train station waiting for a train to go to Gatwick Airport to fly to Portugal. And as I was standing there, I just asked this guy who happened to be standing next to me about how the train worked and he had an American accent. So we got speaking about where he was from and he had a guitar in his back and it turns out he was the musician Chris Ayer, A-Y-E-R. So we had a fantastic conversation for about 45 minutes to an hour as we took the train into Gatwick together and then we sat waiting for our flights to take off in Gatwick and he is someone who's right after my own heart. So it's been so fun to learn about his music as well. So I would put him in my favorites too. Chris Ayer, A-Y-E-R. So check him out too if you want to. That's my music hit. It's something that's easy for me to take along with me as I travel because it doesn't take up any space. Next up, we're going to talk about something else that is a new favorite to me I have never tried before. It's facial reflexology, which came to me from Jennifer Crowell, a Lively Show listener who offered to do it on me in London as I was there. It was super generous of her. She showed up at the meetup as well. So we got to meet each other there too. And she did this service on me. 
So are you guys familiar with reflexology? I'm not sure if you are, but I've been hearing more and more about it lately, but have never had it actually done to me. Typically, I think the most common type of reflexology, and I may be wrong about this, but from what I've kind of learned so far, it seems like most people do reflexology on people's feet and the points of their feet that correspond to different organs in their bodies. It's kind of a holistic healing and health massages similar to the foot thing, but mapped your body, mapped onto your face, and it can help with different ailments and things to help improve your quality of life. So one of the things that I did love about it the most was that I have been feeling the face acne stuff come back in a big way. As you guys have probably heard me talk about going off the pill with my whole PCOS flow hormone protocol thing, I was so grateful by going gluten and dairy free that my skin did not get back to cystic acne as it had when I was off the pill as a younger person like 10 years ago. But now that I've been in Europe, I've gone through a little bit of not wearing healthy natural makeup, which I think triggered it. I think selling the house with the stress of that and then traveling a lot as well as for the week that I was in France, eating a lot of gluten and dairy because of the fact that as a vegetarian or pescatarian in France, being gluten dairy free and not eating meat, it is extremely hard, if not impossible, when the places that I was at, nowhere really, unless I just wanted to eat lettuce, which was not appealing. So I had talked to Elisa Vidi about that. She said that the gluten in the dairy in Europe is not as bad as in the U.S., so she said you don't have to avoid it. But I'll say that even just by eating it quite frequently, given my current circumstances in France for that week, my face definitely was freaking out. So I was really nervous about it. It does kind of affect me. I know pimples aren't a big deal, but that confidence and stuff, it definitely has gotten to me more than I would have expected it to. But seeing it all over your forehead and on your chin where those types of things come up, it just sucks. So I was very excited to work with Jennifer in the facial reflexology to see if something could be done about it. And overnight, just by doing that, was really amazed at the difference. It seemed to be a lot calmer, a lot less noticeable, and seems to be going in a good direction. I'm still working on it now too. And I've been hearing great things she suggested like tea tree oil. And apparently the body shop has a tea tree oil blemish stick that I'm gonna try to pick up the next time I'm in the UK or if I find one here along the way in Spain or in Portugal. But maybe that'll become one of my favorites in the weeks or months to come. But yeah, I'm just kind of dealing with the the acne stuff and the facial reflexology did seem to help with that. She also said that in doing the facial reflexology that I think it's my pituitary gland was very active, which is a good sign for hormones. So hopefully things are going to turn around in that direction. But the facial reflexology was a really fun thing to try. So if you haven't tried it already and you have something like hormone imbalance or other things, it might be something to look into. Now let's move on to stuff. So I have not been able to pick up many things along the way because of the fact that everything I have, I have to carry up probably at this point, 30 flights of stairs, whether it's going up and down in the metro in France or traveling on escalators or airports that don't have escalators. Carrying everything that I own on my back like a turtle is heavy. So I have to be very selective about what I bring with me or what I purchase as I go. Some of the purchases that I love include pink leather espadrilles, which I just picked up yesterday at this cute little shoe boutique near my host and Life With Intention online master member, Joanna. 
So I'm staying here with her. Next to her office, she has this shoe store that had these adorable light blush pink leather espadrilles. I'll see if I can find something similar for those who aren't here and have access to Porto's shoe store and share them with you if I can find a pair. But I am obsessed with blush pink and I love espadrilles. So having this comfortable pair of walking shoes that is unlike any other pair of shoes that I have with me right now is awesome. I think they'll be so great for here in Portugal, Spain, and Italy to come. In addition, while I was in Paris, I got a simple black and white striped t-shirt for an obscene amount of euros, honestly. (laughs) My friend was a little surprised. Anna was like, you're really going to get that for, you know, 70 euros? But the point of it was, is I was looking in shopping as someone is using a carry-on and has such a small wardrobe. It's interesting what I'm willing to splurge on and what I'm not willing to splurge on. Because I have such little room, anything bulky or anything that's really thick or heavy is out of the question. Anything that's silky or that would wrinkle easily is out of the question. And anything that is super specific that can't match every other item in my wardrobe also doesn't work. So things that I typically would spend money on would probably be all of the silky or bulky or unique items that don't match anything else I have. When it comes to carry on living, a black and white striped shirt that goes with every item that I own that is not wrinkleable, that is easy to pack and lightweight, is actually the most valuable item I can actually add to my wardrobe. So though had I had other options in other places at other times in my life, I probably would have gotten something less expensive. And if you're not carrying on and living out of a suitcase right now, you could easily find a similar shirt for much less money. That was an interesting splurge that I actually have really gotten a ton of use out of, and I'm so glad I got it. And knowing the number of times I will wear it for the price is actually a pretty good deal, all things considered. Interesting to be splurging on things I never thought I would splurge on before, but also seeing how valuable those things actually are in my current circumstances. In addition, I am reading, although I'm really listening to it on Audible, is The Agony and the Ecstasy. This is a book that I was told by my neighbors before leaving that I needed, 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 needed to read before going to Florence. I'm so excited to go to Florence and see the statue of David by Michelangelo, who truly inspired all the work that I do. And knowing that I was going to go see the David statue and go to Florence, they said, you cannot go there without reading The Agony and the Ecstasy. It is a, let me see how I could describe it. I think you would call it a biographical novel. So it's about Michelangelo's life as if he's kind of a character. So they bring his story to life and they add to it, but it's all related and based on real facts and what his life is actually like. It has been fantastic to listen to on Audible. If you want to try Audible, by the way, feel free to go over and use the code audible.com backslash lively. They've been a sponsor for the show before. They're not for this one today, but if you want to use it, feel free to get a free 30-day trial and get this book if you want. It's been so fun to listen to, what do we call him, the narrator of this. It is so fun to hear all of the characters and the stories come to life. And it's been fun to listen to pretty much on my train rides or on the flights and that kind of thing. I'm about six hours into the 33-hour book, and I have many more hours to go, but I really do think by the time I get to Rome and Florence, I'm going to have such a stronger appreciation for Michelangelo and everything that I'm seeing there because of that book. When it comes to TV, I haven't been watching very much, but what I can see, and I actually just watched this with Joanna last night, is Chef's Table. I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about it before or if you've watched it on Netflix yet, but Chef's Table has two seasons now. There's a new season and there was the first season, which was fantastic. 
My friend here, Joanna Galvo, is my host and friend here in Portugal, and she has a design studio with a team of creatives doing amazing design website work for clients all over the world. And with her creativity and knowing her bent for that, I decided that it would be really fun to introduce her to Chef's Table, and especially the first episodes of both season one and season two. So season one's first episode is my favorite that I've ever watched so far of Chef's Table with Massimo, I forget his last name, but he's an Italian chef. He has the third best ranked restaurant in the world. And his approach to cuisine and how he approaches the dishes is so artistic and creative and fun to watch. And his values are really great as well. And then the most recent one with Alinea's chef, Grant, is also someone who is truly changing the game when it comes to how food gets presented on the table. If you're interested in any of that, check out Chef's Table. And I've decided to add a little new thing about the favorites. So not just what are my favorites, but what am I noticing are the favorites of the countries that I'm going to. Here is a favorite from France, from just kind of observing and people watching in Paris. I can share two things that French women are loving. Number one is Stan Smith Adidas. They are everywhere. So in the US, or at least from me and what my Instagram feed looks like, I see a lot of tennis shoes that are popular right now, which are usually the New Balance ones in fun colors in the US, or the black Nikes with the white soles like I have myself. In the US, that seems to be a really popular trend. When it comes to France, they are all about these white Adidas shoes with a green heel. I think the heel comes in different colors, but the one that people have most are these emerald green heels on these all white Adidas shoes. These girls are wearing them everywhere. I have not seen anyone in the US wear them. I've never seen them before going to France, but now that I'm aware of them, I even saw them here in Portugal. So I guess they're a throwback from the 80s, Joanna was telling me, but in case you're curious, that was hugely popular there. And I also saw a lot of girls in France wearing tights or hose with shorts. So that is something I used to do when I was in third grade. I have not seen a lot of U.S. girls doing. However, in France, they're doing that. And just in general, tights and hose is just way more common here in Europe, I've noticed, than it is in the U.S. To me, it seems like from the U.S.'s perspective, if it's over like 50 or 60 degrees, people are going to be wearing no tights in the younger generations, but here, tights all the way. And I've noticed here in Portugal, one of the favorites for girls seems to be platform flat shoes. So shoes that are not necessarily heeled, but have thick platforms. And when it comes to the UK, I'll say my favorites that I noticed there were that people in London love Westies. I have a dog, a Westie named Franklin, and I love Westies. They're so fun. They're so cute. And I have seen more Westies in London than I have seen in any other city ever. So I kind of feel like Westies are the unofficial dog of London, which makes me very, very happy. So that's about it when it comes to the favorites. You've learned a little bit of my favorites of what I'm consuming and enjoying here on these travels and also what other cultures I'm noticing are enjoying as well. Before I share what I'm going to talk about on Thursday's Lively Show about the Lively Adventure, let's talk with Lisa Rossoff, the director of Think Tank at today's sponsor, Betabrand.com. Liz, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Liz Rossoff. I am the director of the Think Tank at Beta Brand. I've been with the company for about four years. And before that, I was an exhibiting professional visual artist. That's fantastic. How did you get involved with Beta Brand? Well, I had known about the company for quite a while. 
Chris Lindland, the founder and CEO, and I have mutual friends. And I'd been keeping an eye on what was going on. And I just finished a really big art project and I was ready to do some work with a creative team. I really just wanted to dip my toes into what it would be like to work in an office. So I asked him if I could start showing up and he said yes. And about four months later, I was really taking on enough responsibility for him to give me a job. (laughs) And how does Beta Brand work? Beta Brand is a crowdsourced clothing company, which means we're open to producing ideas from anyone with a great concept behind the clothing garment. So that can be anyone who wears clothes that has an idea about how they could function better, a situation where they would wear something that they can't find the just the perfect thing for, as well as designers who have a background and know how to get the product made, and also brands. We're also working with brands, helping them understand better what their customers want from them. So when it comes to backing a project, how can people that are listening support a project? And also how can those who are interested in saying, hey, I have an idea for a fashion item that I would like to have created. How can those people submit a project to get funded themselves? Well, so all of our new products start in the think tank. So they all start as ideas. And that's where you can go and look through the clothes that you could be wearing in a few months. And you vote on them, you comment on them, you let the designer know what you like and what you don't like about it, how you would want to change something. And they listen to the audience. We glean a lot of information. By voting for it, you also become the first alerted to when that product actually becomes purchasable, crowdfundable. So there's sort of two gates to filter the successful production of a new clothing product. The first is the think tank. People have got to be interested in the product. And then the second is the crowdfunding where people need to buy the product before we are able to make it. Okay. So for those that have an idea, where do they go to submit their idea first? They go to betabrand.com slash submissions. And they'll find the submission form, which is really self-explanatory. There's a lot of information there about what we need from you to get started. And then we work with you to craft the best presentation for the think tank. And then we let the world know what you're thinking about and offer them the opportunity to respond to it. Yes. And from what I've learned about Beta Brand so far myself from working with you guys is that this is kind of like a Kickstarter for those that are trying to learn and get their head around what this is for fashion. But the difference is, unlike in Kickstarter, where you actually have to become the manufacturer of the product, you guys take that in stride in your in-house team, correct? That's absolutely correct. So if someone hasn't been, doesn't have a history in manufacturing clothing, they can end up really getting themselves into quite a pickle if their Kickstarter is successful. Uh, Only 9% of fashion products are successful on Kickstarter. Uh, We have a much higher rate through our think tank uh, to crowdfunding model. And also, as you said, we handle all of the sourcing, manufacturing, development, prototyping, grading, pattern making, as well as the production and fulfillment and customer service and marketing. So we take a lot off the shoulders of someone who's looking to get their idea into the world. Yeah. So this is a great thing for anyone that wants to be a little bit passive with their income, if you will, and just come up with ideas and pitch them out to you guys and help you guys get awareness over the crowdfunding threshold if it gets to there, which is pretty low, actually. I was pretty surprised. It's only 75 to 100 units that need to get that kind of vote in order to move to market. So it's not like these are, you know, you have to have billions of units sold or pre-sold in order to get going with this. Right. It's the entry is about 75 to 100 units sold during the crowdfunding month. 
So for anyone who wants to check this out or wants to become a supporter of some of the products that are already out there, go over to betabrand.com backslash lively and use the code lively at checkout to get 20% off of your purchase and free shipping. So like I said, go over to betabrand.com slash lively and enter the code lively at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Liz, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much, Jess. And now for a sneak peek. This Thursday, I'm going to be sharing my two biggest uppercase V values that I have for my trip. And ultimately, really, right now, it's kind of applying to my whole life. I'm going to talk about how I created them, what they mean, and how you can apply them to your own life as well, if you feel like it. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today. 